Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Morning of Men Sports podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on SoundCloud.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. I got a loaded show for you all today. So without any further delay, let's get started. Ah, here we go. Week two of stage four for the Overwatch League. More specifically for the Atlanta Rain, coming off that huge victory over the uh, Hang- Hanzago Spark. Yeah, I almost forgot their name there for a minute. But anyways, yes, coming off a huge victory over the Hanzago Spark, the Atlanta Rain is looking to capture two wins in a row this weekend and go 12 and 12, which is, you know, 500 in NFL, which I'm thinking it's, you know, every sports major sports league, wherever you go. So the Atlanta, again, the Atlanta rain is looking to capture two wins. Uh, the first one will be Saturday at 3 PM Eastern standard time against the Paris eternal on Twitch and ESPN sports app. Your season leaders are FRD on Tank at 18.78 and Fency at 18.53. So we get the slight advantage in Tank right now. Uh, if FRD can just really just show out on Tank, more specifically like a Roadhog, uh, I wouldn't even mind him playing as Reinhardt most of the game. But Roadhog definitely I could see. Uh, Bebe definitely leads in uh, offense. 10,035 compared to 9,182 against Soon on the Paris Eternal. Now, uh, this is where the little bit of downfall goes to, uh, but still, I trust in Dogman uh, on the support at 8,966 uh, for you know season leaders over Hype at 10,168. So Hype does have the advantage over Dogman whenever it comes to support roles. Uh, but still, I could see really it, the Atlanta Reign winning over this one right here. It's going to be a very close one. I will say that, you know, we could honestly go into a fifth fifth map, really. So really, again, it's, you know, like best out of four. Well, yeah, it's really, you know, whoever could reach really that three and O mark, whoever has that three games above their opponent wins it. But I see this honestly going into a overtime situation where you got that fifth map. Now the fifth, all these maps now are dependent on the players or really the team based on struggles. And I could see really the... I can see the Atlanta Rain winning this one, and uh, don't quote me on this, but I think if it's whoever wins, the losing team gets to choose the next map to, you know, go in their favor. And honestly, I do see King's Row becoming the next map on map two uh, for the Paris Eternal to just obliterate the Atlanta Rain. Now, the now the Atlanta Rain, now I will say against the Hanzaga Spark or the Hanzaga Charge. Actually, let me make sure that's right. The, yeah, the Hanzaga Spark, not the Hanzaga Charge. Uh, 
Uh, the spark's actually facing a charge before this match right here starts. Uh, but anyways, uh, the Atlanta rain went pretty much, you know, one, like 75% of King's row against the spark. But then once it got into that, like factory part of the map, dude, they just collapsed, honestly. So if the Atlanta rain can work on King's row, like they are going to be with the other maps, we're, we're, we're set in stone for this one. And honestly, I believe we'll be 11 and 12 Saturday night or Saturday evening. Excuse me. Actually, that's whenever I'm eating uh, breakfast for uh, dinner that night. So actually, that is perfect because I love me some breakfast food for dinner every once in a while. Get some uh, bacon and uh, potato patties and sausage and grits and eggs. Just, you know, pour the grits all over it. I mean, that's good. So I'm sorry if I'm making anybody hungry during this podcast. Um, Sunday, Sunday is a great time for the Atlanta rain as well, because this will be the game of the week presented by ESPN sports app and Disney XD from the overwatch league itself. Uh, the Houston Outlaws, if I am not mistaken, They have won against the San Francisco Shock and the Vancouver Titans. So I am a little concerned about this matchup. And if I, and I think we have faced up against the Outlaws before, but we lost that matchup. So we have, I have to wait and see, um, from past, past events, excuse me. But your season leaders for this one right here is FRD going up against. Uh, Danith, Danieth, if I'm pronouncing that right, FRD leads by really by one point right here, 18.78 over 17.83. Uh, Bebe leads an offense over against a spree on tank at 10,035, and then Dogman at 8,966 over Raucus. At 8,296. So definitely, we get the advantage on all support, offense, or really tank, and just just everywhere else. Everywhere else is an above positive for the Atlanta Rain going against the Houston Outlaws. And again, with our win over the Paris Turtle, if I'm right about that, which I think I am, uh, we're we're going to be in even higher numbers. Than the Houston Outlaws. Uh, the Houston Outlaws. I do see this however. Being a. Kind of like a. Not like a tremendous blowout. But I would say like a respectful match. The Atlanta Rain wins. Of course you know 3-0. Got the victory over the Houston Outlaws. And then the Houston Outlaws. Like okay well. we Well we lost this one. So let's still just try our hardest. And the Atlanta Rain's like okay. We'll just give them this one right here. I mean, it ain't going to be no no harm to our record. So they're going to be 12 and 12 this weekend, guys. And I am super stoked about it. And I'm hopefully I'm right. I believe I am. Uh, this 2 2 2 format or meta for the Overwatch League Stage 4 and going on to the 2020 season is definitely looking bright for the Atlanta Rain. Especially, like I said, going against the Spark last week. Definitely just dominating them 3 1. So, uh, little side notes again, work on King's Row for the Atlanta Rain. And if you could really win King's Row 
that's the the solidification of hey we just beat y'all's asses so get off our turf <laughs> okay so uh again hope the Atlanta rain wins and we get to an even record and show that we belong in the stage four playoffs up next guys is the and I cannot believe I'm saying this and it finally feels good to say this but we are recapping or recapturing however you want to pronounce it the Falcons Broncos Hall of Fame game and that is next on the Morgan Sports Podcast all right, guys, uh, the reason why I am a little bit quiet right now is everybody else is asleep in my household. I just got done watching the Broncos versus the Falcons in the Hall of Fame game. We did lose. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons did lose but only about four points. So this is not a devastating loss for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, we've had more devastating losses than a lot of other teams in the league here here lately but um i am quite impressed with the falcons again despite our loss dan quinn oh my god with this defense with it just being really mostly all rookies as a matter of fact i think it was just all rookies we were dangerous now yes the denver broncos they were dangerous as well but, dude, the, this defense is bag this year. And with us getting safety, Ricardo Allen bag, Deion Jones bag, I mean, oh my goodness, this is going to be one heck of a year. Dan Quinn is, is back, baby, pretty much. Uh, I did like uh, the offensive plays a little bit. Um, just due to the fact that Kurt Benkirk is going to pretty much be your backup quarterback under Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Schaub, I just don't know what his deal is. I mean, he he's he's a veteran in the game, and but yet he's playing like a rookie, and so it it, it just surprises me. Dirk Carter's making these play calls right down the line, and you know Kurt Benkert, you know he's you know getting it. Two receivers wide open, but yet Matt Schaub cannot even, you know, throw an accurate pass to a wideout. I mean, or his tight end or whatever. It, it's just it's mesmerizing. So uh, definitely, I I would say by week three in the preseason, uh, Kurt Benkert is going to get that uh, starter position. Not well, not starter position, but backup quarterback position for Matt Ryan. And during the regular season. So a few stats for Kurt Benkirk. Um, he was 19 for 34 with yards of 185. Touchdown is one with zero interceptions. Then Matt Schaub was four for 14, 10 yards and one interception, no touchdowns. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think during... Well, really, I mean, he only played the first quarter up until, I think, the two-minute mark. And, heck, he was like, you know, negative two yards with two for ten. I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible right here. Um, There was one defensive player that really stood out to me, uh, and that was John Kaminsky. Definitely, he is going to be a, a starter for this Atlanta Falcons defense. 
Um, Chris Lindstrom definitely showed promise with him being at that right guard position. And I, and I honestly believe, you know, if Caleb McGarry was here, he would have, you know, you know, lived up to the expectations that a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans did not believe that he was going to live up to. Um, but Chris Lindstrom definitely is living up to it. Uh, the only downside I really do see minus the Matt Schaub situation, cause he honestly looked pissed. And, uh, people are saying, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are now exposing him, um, giving him bl- bad play calls. So that way he can start throwing like, you know, incompletions or picks or whatever. I don't believe that's true. You know, they're, they're going to give everybody a fair chance. And like I said, Dirk Carter was putting out the play calls like he would, you know, for Kurt Binker and Matt Shaw just could not deliver. Uh, the only thing I do see that we really need to work on is our running game. We still struggle during the running game, guys. <laughs> Trying to go up that middle, uh, the the defensive line and the offensive line, they they were just just bunched up together, and no no running back, you know, Smith couldn't even get it, like couldn't find a lane in the pocket, and. But then whenever we did have successful runs in the run game, it's because we swung. We swung out. So, like, whenever Edo Smith, I think it was, or it was Brian Hill won, whenever Kurt Benkert passed it, or, well, pretty, yeah, pretty much, you know, handed it off to one of the two. I cannot remember just right now at the top of my head. But we swung it out, and, shoot, we picked up, like, a 10-yard gain. And th- that was amazing. Um, I'm like, okay, if we did more swing passes, but they're going to start figuring that out and they're going to know how to counter this. So that's one thing I do like about Dirk Carter whenever it comes to running the ball is that whenever he swings it out wide for a running back play, you know, we were pretty much going to get a positive yardage play off of that. But if Dirk Carter and the offensive line coach can work on something to make lanes up the middle for like a Devontae Freeman or an Edo Smith, I think we will definitely have the running game just down pat and ready to go for the regular season. And then, of course, the big controversy for this season is the coach's challenge to call it on pass interference and of course that was coming from the deep um or excuse me the i think it was the defensive side of the ball for denver um the head coach for denver oh my god they've said his name like a thousand times and now here i am forgetting about it i'm just really sleepy right now guys but i'm trying to do this podcast for you guys and get it uploaded but anyway so the denver head coach called it and it just did not go through for him. So that was a 44-yard gain for the Atlanta Falcons, or a 40-yard gain for the Atlanta Falcons. And I was super stoked about that, guys. But the refs, they they look at it. They, you know, you know, precise details. And 
and it went in favor of us. So I was definitely happy about that. Now, of course, not every pass interference call was going to go in our favor, but this one did. And I was so glad about that. But the referees are definitely taking time to review this. And it's not that bad, guys. So honestly, I think this season right here, if it continues to go on successfully and, you know, and not take up that much time within the game, then I think we'll have it again for next season. Uh, So really major takeaways again, guys, is just the fact that Matt Schaub, he is, I think he's pretty much out of Atlanta this season. And I did not see really the reason why we should have paid him that money anyway. So after this season right here, I think we could get rid of him and we could still save a little bit of money going into next season after we cut him. Keep Kurt Banker, of course, but then we'd have to have a third string quarterback to, you know, compete for that backup position under Matt Ryan. Uh, the other downside, of course, is the running back position. Uh, you know, if if Dirk Carter and the offensive line coach can open up lanes for like a Devontae Freeman or Edo Smith to run it up the middle and get like a 15, 20-yard gain or even more like a touchdown game from just running it, that's going to be amazing. But work on the, work on the swings as well because... I feel like, you know, we don't need to do more swing plays when it comes to running the ball because then, you know, defense is going to figure that out and they're going to have like a a right tackle or a safety come after that swing play on that running back and, you know, we're going to end up getting negative yardage off of that run. Uh, But most mostly it's good, good stuff. Uh, defense, again, like I said, is looking very great. I am super stoked about the season whenever it comes to defense. Offense is looking great for Kurt Benkirk. Um, this is, but this is Matt Ryan's offense. So if Kurt Benkirk can get adjusted to this, I feel like whenever Matt Ryan steps into this position, September 8th, we're going to be in for a very well tremendous season for the Atlanta offense and defense. Uh, So guys, that is my recap of the Falcons loss in the Hall of Fame game. This is nothing to be worried about or to be really just sweating about in general. Uh, It's preseason. These games really don't count. It's just, you know, all right, who's going to make the team? So we're going to find out week five of the preseason, really who's going to make the team and who's just going to be cut. So, guys, I sure hope you did enjoy today's podcast. I'm sorry, this part of the podcast right here, I recorded the the first part of it where I was talking about the Atlanta rain uh, the other day, and here I am now going into midnight this morning of the day of this podcast going live at 6 a.m., recording it, but very quiet because everybody is asleep in my household. Uh, but still, I hope you did enjoy today's podcast. If you did, make sure to like on SoundCloud.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcasts. Till then, guys, I, come Morgan, will catch you all on the next episode of the Morgan Man Sports Podcast. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.